In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes to teach us His will, and to do His will that He teaches us. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have you ever heard that saying, those who can't teach Well, I went to an undergrad institution where about half of the people were education majors. And so I got to hear that a lot bandied about. In fact, um, I was even an education major for a while. It didn't stick. But I was an education major, and even one of our textbooks was entitled, Those Who Can, no apostrophe T, Those Who Can Teach. Well, it's kind of a big question about teachers. It's one of those things that is in our culture. It's one of those things that that cliche kind of points to. Is that we have this sort of, well, assuming question about teachers. We kind of wonder, why would somebody teach? And maybe part of the reason for that is that we've had a few bad teachers through our days. I've had a couple. And some of you, especially those of you that are in academic pursuit right now, probably can point to one or two of them yourselves. Well, there's really kind of two categories of bad teachers. The one category of bad teacher is the the person who knows their stuff, but isn't able to communicate it at all. Have you ever had one of those professors? Have you ever had one of those people that they well, they have all of this stuff behind them? All of these letters that trail behind their name, Ph.D. and this D and Th.D. and whatever else. And they've written all of these articles and they're just volumes upon volumes of stuff that they've written down. But then they get into the classroom and you think to yourself, this surely is a T.A. (laughs) Apologies, T.A.s. And you think, really? This person, this person can't communicate any of the stuff that they are so good at. That they are such an expert in. They just can't communicate it. And so that's one of the kinds of teachers that we, well, we don't really like. It's those who can when they teach, but kind of fail in teaching. Of course, we also don't like the other kind of teacher. The other kind of teacher who, well, they can't. And that becomes very obvious right away. That they can't do certain things. And the only reason that they're in this teaching gig is because, well, they wanted to stay in that academic discipline, but uh, they really couldn't make it someplace else actually working it out on their own. You ever know anybody like that? Somebody who it became fairly obvious, maybe after the first class or two, well, they're teaching because, well, they really can't do anything else. And so that's the other category of bad teacher, is those who 
actually can't do the thing. And so what they try to do is to cobble it together in their teaching. Well, those two categories of bad teacher were running around rampant even in Jesus' day. You had people that were on both sides of that equation. You had people that, were, that could do it. They could live lives that were filled with righteousness. They could live lives that were seemingly impeccable to everybody around them. They actually took pride in being able to keep themselves from doing certain sins. And those sins that they hadn't quite mastered yet, they still tried to work on them even harder. You had this group of people running around during Jesus' day, and they took pride in bruises. The reason that they took pride in their bruises was that whenever a woman would walk into the room, rather than lust after her, they would close their eyes. And if you're walking down the street with your eyes closed, eventually something happens to you. And you get a bruise. And they would wear those bruises as a badge of honor. Seriously, this is in the history books. These people that were so impressed by their own righteousness that they wanted to form this elite little club of people that, well, they were really good at not sinning. And so you had this one group of people that could, but it seemed like whenever they got around to actually helping somebody else, that that never actually happened. They were more into themselves, more into their own pursuits than helping somebody else. And then there was the other group, the other group of people that even Jesus himself said of them, Will you really like to say, do as I say, not as I do? These people that got up in front of everybody and said, You know what you should do? You should live a better life. You should stop sinning in the way that you do. Wagging their finger the whole time, but deep down on the inside, so filled with sin that came from their own lack of self-control. Of course, we know those people today too, don't we? We know the people who, they seem to make their own righteousness like this little game that they have between them and God. They think that this Christian life is something where they're just winning more and more gold stars with God. All the while, getting farther and farther away from Him. And then there's the other people that... They know that they have no gold stars, but they figure that if they can take the focus off of them and put the focus onto you and make you feel guilty for the things that are in your life, well then they, maybe that makes them feel a little bit better about themselves. And so you have people that fail to care about others. 
and the people that failed to care about themselves. The people who can do it, and the people who can't. Well, Jesus comes into that equation, and he is a teacher like they had never seen before. Do you remember that teacher when you found them, that probably most inspiring teacher, perhaps the teacher that made you want to be what you are today? That teacher that seemed to teach with authority. Well, that's what they said about Jesus. That he was this teacher who spoke with authority. He taught with authority. He knew what was going on and he was able to teach that to them. He was a fantastic teacher. Because not only did he know how to teach it, he knew how to do it too. And that became obvious when this demon-possessed man comes before him and he looks at him and tells him to be quiet and commands the demon to go out of him. Jesus is that kind of teacher for us today. He is the teacher who tells us what a good life is And how we are to live that good life. Loving God and loving our neighbor. But he doesn't just stop with the teaching. He doesn't just teach. He does as well. He does as he died on that cross to save us from our sins. He does as he forgives us of our sins of not doing enough of telling other people what to do so that we don't look quite as bad. Those sins that are so deep and deeply ingrained inside of us. He gives us a teaching of what new life is. But He doesn't just let us off there. He says, rather than let you struggle with this, I'm going to do as well. I'm going to give you my body and my blood. I'm going to give you my baptism. I am going to fill you with my Holy Spirit. I am going to give you life forever so that you can continue to live out the beauty that you find in my teaching." That beauty in his teaching is exactly what Ryan and I were able to go through as we walked through this process of confirmation. As we were able to consider the beauty of God's teaching for us, that it's not just teaching, but it's things that he does for us. Forgiving our sins and giving us a new life that we can confess that we are His, that we hear His teaching, and that we go out and do it, and that we receive His forgiveness when we don't. Amen.